1: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we
2: touch him? No, don't. Help me.
1: Help. Help. Good Wednesday morning here on the Ward Scott Files. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, So far, it's been a great week. Uh, Guest hosting for Ward Scott, who had... uh, gone over to the hospital to get a little maintenance done on his ongoing heart issues. So we appreciate your patience. While I pinch hit uh, for him, we are brought to you by Meldon Law here at the Meldon Law Studios, protected by crime prevention uh, security systems. And of course, it's Wednesday, and you know the drill. It is uh, Wednesday with Congressman Ted Yoho. I titled this show Weird Wednesday because after the whole Trump thing yesterday, we seem to be a little bit politically speaking, at least in this kind of for, sort of funky kind of a weird day it's uh obviously unprecedented we hadn't had a president indicted uh like this before and i wanted i was looking forward to having the show with uh, ted today to talk a little bit more about that so ted uh welcome to the show how are you doing today
0: yeah well, i'm doing great and i appreciate you filling in for ward and i know all the thoughts and prayers are going to ward it's like you said he had to go to the um body shop and they lifted up the hood and saw let's let's tighten up some of these parts here and maybe put a new one in there and you know warden will be back and i'm sure you talked to him and i did too but um you're talking about you know trump and what's going on you know it's amazing it seems like every day our country is becoming more of a banana republic you know the the 34 charges the indictment felonies against a former president of the United States through the media and the left went after twice in impeachment. And, um, they just have this Trump derangement syndrome. And when you start using the court systems for political gain, you have become a banana republic. And you know, we're no different than some of these, um, uh, countries around the world, whether it's in Africa or central or South America, and that's, it's on American is what they're doing. And, uh, people like you filling in for award and awards program that go out and educate people and it's one thing to educate them but we have to get them involved and we get them involved by the process and that's going to your local meetings and supporting candidates but holding those candidates uh feet to the fire and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to so i look forward to talking to you on this show
1: yeah, you know, no, I appreciate you. I appreciate you saying that. And uh, so we can get into it a little bit. Uh, I've got a computer screen over here on the right. So if you all have some comments, I suspect that the Great Ward you Scott are is high-tech. actually watching. tech. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ward's probably watching the uh, the show. I encourage you in the comments section to wish him uh, the best of health to all the viewers that are watching. Yeah. Jim, yeah. I see that you've already checked in. Uh, Mark, Ken, as usual, uh, certainly appreciate. So um, it's 34 counts related to a seven-year-old misdemeanor. Uh, non-disclosure agreement case consciously elevated apparently to this felony in order to basically dispose of the statute of limitations that normally would have uh, would have applied. So, as you were watching the news yesterday and kind of watching this roll out and play out, what were sort of your top of the mind just thoughts on the indictment part itself?
0: Well, again, when you listen to the people, the Trump lawyers and the pundits, like um, um, the, the different professors out there like Jonathan Truly in that saying there is no case here. You know, that this will. there's no way they can prosecute this. Of course, on the other side of that, we saw this with the impeachment. They said you can prosecute a ham sandwich for anything you want, you know, if you (laughs) use courts. And so what we have here, are we following rule of law? And if we are, this is, it's a travesty to our justice system. You know, the rest of the world looks at America. And, you know, we'll talk more about that uh, because you brought up China. Um, And so when you see this, it is political. It's just strictly political. And they're doing this to keep Trump from gaining any traction for the next election. And, um, you know, I I, I think it's a sad day for America is what I think. Uh, Victor David Hansen has a a good um, talk on this. And I, I feel what he does, you know, that this is wrong. Alan Green, uh not Greenspan, but uh, uh, the, the attorney, um, I can't remember his name right now. You know the attorney that's always out there. Um, he oh, said there short? is no case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is no case here. And so you got to wonder, why is this DA pushing this? In the meantime, why are they letting out criminals that knew need to go and be tried? They're just letting those go. And it's interesting, they had just arrested that large gang up in New York of yep. 33 members from the Queens area. And I don't know if that's the same VA, but it'll be interesting how many of those they let off and just say, oh, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. You're just uh, conspiring to kill people and do all those other bad things. Um, but yet Trump, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a joke. Anyway, I'll shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a joke. I was listening to a program yesterday, and the host was actually going through a litany of uh, criminals that were literally in a hundred plus arrest category that were basically just kind of, uh, getting, you know, basically let's call it slaps on the wrist. And, um, uh, yesterday, Jennifer and I touched on, in yesterday's show, uh, Jennifer Cabrera, managing it her over the logical Chronicle. And yeah. we were just kind of talking about this creation of a consequence free society. And, um, I think a lot of that is is where kind of that ends up. So Bragg's actually alleging that this fraud was the intent to cover up some other additional crime. And, it, you know, that I was one of your thoughts on just how how high of a bar is the quote unquote intent in when you're trying to allege that somebody's intending to do a crime. That just seems very difficult to me. But what do you think?
0: I think that's very hard to uh, to establish. You know, I'm far removed from being a lawyer, and sure. I don't have in like that. But again, you know, your intent, you know, was his intent seven years ago to be where he is today by covering up, according to the DA, covering up things and leaving the paper trail? I think it was something that there was maybe a situation that happened. And that, you know, he said, just let's get rid of this. It's easier just to pay these things off. I don't know. Um, But again, I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene up there. I saw George Santos up there. um, And it came, the the thought came to me saying, you know, with the things we have going on in this country, you know, you've got the China. You've got our, you know, everything that China's doing to um, uh, take over the world. You've got our southern border. You've got the fentanyl situation. You've got our debt which is going to crush this nation and just all you have to do is look at what's going on in France and Italy and Greece and these other countries around the world that are doing austerity measures um, that we have members of Congress, instead of focusing on some of the major things that are affecting this nation, they're up and I like Marjorie Taylor Greene, George Santos. I don't know him well enough, but what I do know, I don't think I'd have him at our Thanksgiving uh, dinner, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, Is that where I want my representative up there or do I want them focusing on this? Because I think this becomes the sideshow that, you know, distracts people instead of focusing on what we really need to focus on as a nation at this time.
1: Yeah, I know in my circles, we always talk about sort of the shi- the the shiny object, and we kind of automatically start looking at, hey, what are the what are they trying to avoid? What are they trying to sweep sure. under the rug? What else are they doing while well, everybody's attention is over here? So uh, they're just kind of like the, the shell game. Well, if you're just joining us here on the Ward Scott Files, I am pinch-hitting for the Ward Scott. My name is Tim Martin. If you didn't know that already, uh, I am a city commissioner in Newberry. I'm a fundraiser development officer for the John Birch Society, and I'm chairman of the Republican Party here in Alachua County. Now, uh, so the uh, the guest here is obviously Wednesday's uh, regular uh, Congressman Ted Yoho, and we're just kind of starting the show here with some of the Trump news that was coming out yesterday. And so Michael Cohen. He's already stated uh, that he executed this agreement with Stormy Daniels kind of on his own and that the Trump administration or the Trump company, I guess, maybe even at the time, uh, didn't know anything about it. Uh, Do you think that that Michael Cohen admission of Trump not being involved is really in play here? Because there were several people that were trying to talk about that yesterday. You have any idea?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I mean, he's been discredited as a witness. But, you know... Does a person lie hundred percent of the time? Um, you know I think it's something that has to be worked out through the system, uh, court system and you know if somebody like Michael Cohen, who feels like he was burned by Trump, comes mm-hmm. out and says that he did it on his own, um, I think that's pretty strong in itself. again, you know I, I look at all the the things going on. I know this is the the shiny object of the of the week. Um, and hopefully it'll go away after that. And people will get them back to normalcy if we can define what that is.
1: Um, (laughs) Under this administration, I'm not sure. Sure, because it doesn't seem like there's any uh, low level that they're not willing to stoop to. And uh, then
0: it it takes us away from Hunter Biden, which, again, that's that's not in the top 10 list of things that we should be focusing on our legislators. But yet it is an important thing that certainly should be looked at with as much scrutiny as they are doing with the Trump, um, this Trump fiasco. um, Yeah.
1: I I think that's very fair. you think Cohen has uh, somehow turned state's evidence or, or something like that by any chance? Did you hear anything about um, that? uh,
0: Again, I I have not heard anything about that.
1: I can't comment. Okay. All right. Well, uh, again, uh, you know, Bragg was stating yesterday that these wired payments to Cohen were for Stormy Daniels and that they were, uh, to uh, commit this next fraud of swaying an election, are you even buying uh, that at all, or do you think that's just sort of a paper target, paper tiger kind of argument?
0: I think it's paper tiger, and I think the whole thing's going to get thrown out. Of course, this is yeah. New York, you know, where they uh, <laughs> sure. they do crazy things, and um, you know, if the court system works the way it's yeah. supposed to, this will be thrown out. Uh, again, you go to Jonathan Truly and uh, Dershowitz they said there's no case here. I mean, these are some of the best legal minds in the country. And, um, Alan Bragg was saying when Marjorie Taylor green to go back to her, well, she's up here just understand we do not tolerate breaking the law or violence. <laughs> Yet they let all these, Oh yeah.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> that broke the wall that are violent and they let them go. And it's like, okay, you know, let's, uh, let's, uh, uh, Use the law across the board fairly with everybody. Uh, it, yeah. it, again, it's a banana republic, and uh, you know I'm gonna. If I if I give me a minute, I was in Japan. We were talking on foreign policy. Sure, and, sure. And these people, every meeting I had, and I met with legislatures, ambassadors, stuff like that. Every one of them asks about Trump, DeSantis. Trump, DeSantis and this. Really, month, okay. This, yeah, it was really interesting. That was how they're looking at America. And this one legislator who's, he's kind of a sage over there. He goes, I really don't care who wins. He goes, but what we see on this side of the world is a divided America. Mm -hmm. He goes, you guys are the United States of America. And if you're divided, he goes, that's what makes you strong. If you are divided, you are not strong. And if you are not strong, that that hurts us because now we've got to start looking at our own defense which they have um, doubled their defense spending from one to two percent doesn't sound like a lot but it's huge and -hmm. they see the threat of china they see the threat of Russia, they see the threat of these autocracies and so coming back to the trump thing that's fodder to divide this nation further and not bring us together we need a leader that's going to unify this nation not as a Republican or a Democrat, but unify it as American values because those values is what people around the world look at. And that goes mm-hmm. back to our Constitution.
1: Very, very well said. Just think about <laughs> just the advice. And uh, like you said, it's, it's not even an American, but everything is sort of filtered through that lens. You know, I was actually over in England a couple of weeks ago and we're in Piccadilly Circus. And believe it or not, here comes. Uh, the police. And I had heard earlier in the uh-huh. day that uh, King Charles was uh, coming into town. And when we were there, there's a helicopter overhead. I thought maybe, OK, well, maybe this is just kind of a security play with the police. Right. And the... Wouldn't you know it a socialist communist parade of what reported later in the socialist worker of the U.K., they were reporting there was 10,000 people in this parade. That's 10,000 supporters of communism and socialism right there in Piccadilly Circus in a very modern city of the world, London, England. And, I mean, it was it was really very eye-opening. I'm actually glad that our kids were there to see that because I use it as an educational opportunity. Sure. Uh, but But to sit back and just kind of look, and it's funny because a lot of the signage – uh is the same signage that I've seen here in America. It's the same font, it's the same gold, red and black colors. Uh the chanting, you know, the bullhorns. Heck, they had a couple of people with with red smoke grenades that were popping off this oh, red right? smoke. Yeah, it was just absolutely it was absolutely crazy. I've been trying to get to it to kind of put it out uh but I just That I is Well, you brought
0: up a point that how this is organized around the world. Now, there's probably some Antifa people from America, some BLM people from America. And, you know, you talk about the communist people marching over there. Heck, all you got to do is look at the Democratic Party in America, you know, the principles that they stand for. And why in the heck that's going on in this country with our veterans that have stood up to fight and to protect this country? And I said this at a Tea Party rally. I said, how many people took the pledge of the United States that we defend this country, you know, against all those things? Everybody raised their hand, including me. You know, I took the oath of office. Mm -hmm. I said, how many of us took that oath to protect socialism? Hell, I wish it was going to socialism versus where it's going, because the Marxist principles, especially out of this administration, you know, saying the the nasty rhetoric he does. um, You know, it's time for America to wake up.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's arguably uh, pastime, and I, I think uh, that your analysis of the Democrat Party being so Marxist—you uh, know—we ju- we can look down into Gainesville and see some of that stuff at play just here, even, oh, even locally. But if you think about their purpose is ultimately to tear down this country. So they attack every single institution, whether it's yep. the uh, the election process, uh, whether it's the presidency, heck, whether it's the Boy Scouts in uh, and, and the school yeah. system. So right. it's all spokes off of this one central hub of Marxism and, and communism. I mean, to me, it's just pl- plain as day and my one of my bigger frustrations is to just get enough people educated to actually start doing something. And you don't even have to do a whole heck of a lot. I mean, this country was founded by a very diligent few, as you know. Someone like Ron Paul says, and um, we just we just need the diligent few. Ted, that's all we need is the diligent few, and we can start changing some of this stuff up. Right. Um, so no, you're absolutely right. How do you think this is going to play out in the uh, election cycle ultimately, going into next year?
0: Um, your screen is frozen up. Oh. Can you hear me all right?
1: Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can hear you. There Sorry, you there was a it must have been a call. Um, that that came that's in. a great
0: question. Um, when you you know you look right now, that the front runners are uh, Trump and DeSantis. And mm-hmm. Of course, how this turns out with Trump with the indictments, and again, I think that's going to be old news. The left yeah. is going to use it. Uh, to divide you know supporters that might have supported him and say, Well this guy's been indicted and impeached twice. Why would you throw a criminal back in there and um, If you know the play as you brought up of the left and Elon Omar said, the only way you can fix America, part of the squad um, is you have to tear it down economically and politically and rebuild it i don 't want those people on the squad or probably by a third of the Republican party. I don't want them to rebuild this country. I don't think it needs to be rebuilt. The constitution is the constitution. It is the law of the land. We should get back to following constitutional principles. Yeah. And, um, so where this is going to lead into the next, um, uh, um, election cycle, I think you're going to see, uh, the fight that going through the primaries. And mm-hmm. right now it's going to come down to Trump and DeSantis. I think there's going to be a lot of people like the governor of, uh, Arkansas that just got into the race and said Trump should just withdraw because he's a distraction to the process and to the, to the party. And I think, as George Washington said, the worst thing we can do is to come up with political parties because now you've got one side wanting to beat the other side. And yeah. what we forget is this is about America. This is not about a political party. Um, and it's bigger than any president. And Mm -hmm. we need to focus on what is best for my country.
1: Yeah, you talk about statesmanship uh, quite a bit on the show. uh, And that's really kind of what you're talking about right now, isn't it?
0: Well, it is, you know, because politicians, you know, politicians worry about their next election. You can look at like Marjorie Taylor Greene will be up there saying, oh, I'm fighting to support Trump. You know, send me $5 or send me $20. dollars Your representative there in uh, um, uh, Newberry. They'll put out a sound by $75 or they'll send out, we're behind. We're behind the Democrats $75. And, and, you know, I understand there's a certain amount of money that needs to be uh, in a political race, but we need to focus on what are you there for? What are you doing? And um, uh, politicians, again, worry about their next election. Statesmen worry about their next generations And if Mm -hmm. you go back and look at Steve Scalise in 2009, or Kevin McCarthy, talking about our debt and see what they're doing now and compare the debt from then to where it is now. Of course, you know, when I went in there, I raised holy hell about I'm not voting to raise the debt ceiling and the media and the Republican Party came after me. At that point, we were $13.5 trillion in debt and we're $34 trillion in debt. (laughs) And they said I was crazy. We're yeah. not raising the debt ceiling. They were crazy for doing the same thing over and over again. And yeah. we're, we're going to where France is mm-hmm. and these other countries. And you saw um, you. Well, you saw the chaos over there.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: You were in England. Um, had, have you ever been there before?
1: I had not. Uh, we spent about a week. we were actually going to see a friend, uh, a couple's friend over there, and they were actually staying in Cambridge. So we spent a decent amount of time up in Cambridge. Uh, we were actually just in London on Saturday and Sunday.
0: Okay. Um, we've had the, the the privilege to be able to go over there probably 20, 30 years ago. Oh. And it was England of what you would envision, you know? Yeah. Um, and this, made, this is going to come out sound racist. You could probably get kicked off there, but when we went back, it was a very strong multi-ethnic culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's bad because cultures are going to change, but it wasn't the England of old. It was being driven by other things. So there's a dilution of the values that England was built on. Like the Democrats say is, is not happening here, but they're doing it with open borders and bringing in over 5 million people under yes. this president.
1: Yes, and. When and that's very that. top of the that's very top of the mind uh, to those people over there. Very, very much very so. aware of it now. Yeah, yeah that the if I was to pick out an overriding theme of that protest, it was about we need to have open borders, we need to have refugees. It was say it loud, say it clear. Refugees are welcome here. Chant after exactly. chant. Yeah. And the, and the other chant was, what's the solution? Revolution. What's the solution? Uh-huh. Revolution. And this is just over and over and over again. But, you know, uh, politics is downstream from culture, Ted. And if they can change yep. the culture, they can change the politics. And I could tell stepping off the plane uh, that there was a huge contingency of Middle Eastern folks there by their dress, by the, oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. while they were talking all very, very super nice people. Uh, I didn't see any of the, the element that we kind of hear about over, you know, in the in the U.S. about, you know, it's just all these crazy jihadi Muslim. I mean, they could very possibly be there. But you could tell just from the jump uh, that it was very heavily foreign-influenced. And, you know, again, you affect culture. You affect politics. Sure. And that's well, that happening
0: here. To, uh, uh, Samuel, Huntington, Samuel Huntington's book clash of civilization, which is a great, um, it's a great read on what happens to a culture when they start um, taking a minority and growing it and growing it when they get to be 15 to 20 percent, especially in the Muslim community. They, they go from the model citizen to being the activist citizen to being mm-hmm. elected local and county to yeah. uh, national level. And you see that in this country. Uh, and again, I'm not against that. And you brought up about the politics and culture, but politics is also a reflection of that culture. And mm-hmm. so your culture, your change. And, and I got accused of being a white, homophobic, you know, um, xenophobic person because I wanted to keep us you know, the old white patriarch. And I'm like, no, I, <laughs> trust me, there's no way I could do it, even if I wanted to, and I can't prevent that. America will become more multicultural. Yeah. But the things we should fight for are our constitutional principles that say our rights come from a creator, not from government. Government's instituted by we the people and our core values that we're all created equal under the eyes of the you know our, our creator, but also we're guaranteed those rights by our constitution. And the thing that holds that together is the constitution. And I said, that's the thing I'm fighting to preserve for the next generations. And, um, you know, I can't change this other stuff, but I can fight to preserve those things that make America, America. And that's why people flock here. And if we have time, I'll talk to you about the Indonesian ambassador that gave me an eye-opener about America and what it represents to other parts of the world. It's kind of like the Japanese legislator that said, a divided America is not strong.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Well, we're coming down to the bottom of the hour break. Maybe we can get to that uh, a little bit more on the other side here uh, when we do come back from the break Um, just maybe a kind of final couple of final thoughts about the whole Trump angle then here to close out the last half of the hour or the to close out this half of the hour and we can move on to other uh, more important stuff in the second half.
0: Well, you know, I'm divided, uh, Torn, if I'm going to support Trump or DeSantis and Mm -hmm. I was going to let the primaries pull out, Mm -hmm. I think I feel like a lot of people, I like exactly what Trump did. You know, the, mm-hmm. the American Jobs Cut or Tax Cut Jobs Act, what he did on our borders, what he did on our foreign policy, how he got NATO to stand up, the Abraham Accords, uh, Historic Accord. And yeah. I like that, but I don't like the circus that goes with him. Yeah. But knowing what he went through, the way they're doing this, it's going to make me a Trump supporter. And I think a lot of Americans feel that and I say, I'm going to be behind him because he knows the deep state. He knows what, how we need to fix this stuff. And thank God he did what he did on the Supreme Court. Um, You know, I I don't think anybody has the brass to do what he
1: did. Um, I I was going to ask you, do you think that DeSantis even has the stones to do what really kind of needs to be done? I'm, I'm convinced that Trump does. Uh, I'm not as as bought on DeSantis being able to do it. Did you right. say that you said the Arkansas governor uh threw her hat in the ring. You're talking about Sarah No, Huckabee's no,
0: the here. previous the previous Arkansas. I think it was Arkansas.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay.
0: Higgins or I I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up at the break.
1: Okay. I was actually wondering whether if uh, DeSantis gets the nod whether actually he picked up Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh as a vice president slot, believe it or not.
0: That would be the That'd be a huge improve, uh, improvement who do we have for vice president. Right
1: now? <laughs> I've got a cat out on the back porch. That so would be an improvement over that. <laughs> well, hey, uh, thank you all for joining us here for the first half of the hour. We're going to pause here shortly to thank our sponsor. We'll come back with weather and talk a little bit more uh, important and probably fun stuff. So stick around with us on the other side of the break. You're watching the Ward Scott Files brought to you by Meldon Law and Protected. By Crime Prevention Security System. So come right back and join us for the second half of the hour with Congressman Ted Yoho. Thank you. Thanks.
2: Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second generation family its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files Premium Sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large Enough to Serve You, Small Enough to Care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On The Spot Dry Cleaners, r and Construction, and stop Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend, Freddie, at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very
1: much surprises me that you've
2: never been tased. You can't handle the truth. All these poop. A
1: warthog
0: He's going, the he's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh, my goodness, and he's huge. Shift.
1: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Hi, boy.
0: Can we
2: touch him?
1: No, don't.
2: Help me. Help. Help. Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to Weird Wednesday, the topic of the show today based on kind of this post-Trump indictment era. We kind of talked about all the Trump stuff in the first half of the hour. We're not going to talk about that any more we're going to talk about some some other things but first uh, we want to thank lewis oil company for sponsoring the weather here uh, on the Scott files no rain in sight like i talked about yesterday no rain in sight for north central florida high about 92 today possible chance maybe 55 percent chance of rain on sunday so make sure you keep the sprinklers handy handy otherwise uh, we're kind of in a little bit of a holding pattern weather-wise until next week um Severe weather, east Texas uh, kind of tracking northeast up into western New York, Illinois and Indiana, and into Ohio overnight got really pounded uh, in Arkansas, northeast Arkansas, southeast Missouri had a tornado last night. Uh, so they got really, really hammered. And that whole section actually looks like it's kind of mm-hmm, largely under a tornado watcher. I'm sure there'll be tornado warnings uh, at some point dry out into the east. And pretty much everywhere else, it's uh, it's dry. My favorite place, Yellowstone, is still in single digits this morning. They may get up to twenty-eight uh, by late afternoon if 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 uh, they are lucky. Of course, we are in Holy Week for a lot of our Christian and Jewish families uh, out in the audience. I uh, don't know if you've got plans. Easter is Sunday, folks. You better make your plans to get to church and. Uh, celebrate the risen Savior. So today is Holy Wednesday. Friday is going to be Good Friday. And actually, before the show, I had kind of looked up why do we call it Good Friday? And there was a whole range of answers. Uh, but some places actually call it Passion Friday, Sacred Friday. And there seems to be some gravity towards whether or not that was actually speaking to God's Friday. So that's a little bit of the uh, the nature and genesis of uh, what we should be celebrating this week. Uh, Ted uh, is our host, Congress, or our guest, rather, uh, Congressman Ted Yoho. Ted, I uh, want to talk a little bit more about D.C. You know, I don't get a chance to talk to you as often as I would like, but has How can Congress really sort of be effective as a body and chipping away at what you talk about with Ward a lot about this administrative state? Parties come and go. The administrative state stays the same. What can Congress really uh, do about it in your experience?
0: You've got to get the right people in there, Tim. Um, You and I have talked about this in the past. When you get people that are constitutionally principled, and it, it, it is so difficult up there. And, you know, I went through my struggles in the beginning because- you get stuff from the, the agencies uh, or the bureaucracy that says this meets constitutional months must- muster. And, um, uh, cause of the uh, general good clause, Um, and then you realize how these things have been twisted up there. The administrative states are some good books on how they got there and a the Congress allowed their, their power and authority to be usurped to go to these agencies. And, uh, this is a frequent topic that, uh, you know, people ask me about, um, when you allow these agencies to be able to write their own rules and then those rules can be enacted by that agency, whether it's the department of labor, the IRS, you know, treasury or any of these, now they have the authority because Congress has given them to write their rules. Now they can enact those rules. They can enforce those rules. They can collect the fine for those rules and that money becomes autonomous on their own. So they become little fiefdoms. And they don't want to give up that power. And uh, mm-hmm. Congress has the ability to pull that back. And there's two cases that uh, really cranked us off. It was the Chevron deference case. and I think that was in the late 70s or the 80s. And then there was Chada versus INS. And it was an immigration case. And these things kind of set the precedent for where these agencies have grown to. Congress if they come together in a unified body, and it would take both sides or a supermajority, if they were to come back and strip that power from these agencies, that would be the beginning of that. And the other thing is they need to go after the presidency, and it doesn't matter who's in there because both parties are guilty of this, and take the, the, um, the, the signing state, not, not, not just the signing statements but the uh, executive orders and strip the power out of those and make them unconstitutional.
1: Is it as easy as defunding some of these agencies, or is there kind of more to it than that?
0: It's a lot more difficult. You can defund an agency this Congress, next Congress, if it flips parties, they're going to fund it. Um,
1: Which goes back to the education of the electorate and having good representation up there that we talked talked about earlier. Because, yeah, they could definitely come come right back in. Always- it would
0: be great to have our society look at what's going on in France. Mm-hmm. Because France is, they're going broke, and they're mm-hmm. going broke before we are. We're broke, but yeah. we're, we're just playing this paper game. Yeah, And they raised the retirement age, what was it, two years, from 60 to 62 or 62 to 64, and people are out there protesting. This has happened in Latin America. This happened in uh, Greece uh, several years ago. Those are austerity measures that is going to happen here, and it's going to be ugly. And debt is one of those things. You've been in business; you either deal with debt in a proactive way, or debt deals with you. You can't get away from it. And yeah. they reckoning.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been doubled, more than doubled since you've been there. The the debt itself, yeah. Oh Goodness. So in your years, uh, when you were up there, fill in the audience. What really what really matters from, I guess, sort of an impact? You know, what would what would be the best thing that we could do to start influencing and start having that impact on our elected representatives uh, up there? As, And maybe it's social media, maybe it's emails, it's phone calls. That's the one on ones working on the campaign. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, just noise from the constituents to the to the representative. I know on contentious voice votes, uh, yeah. your yeah. organization, uh, concerned citizens, would call us and yeah. uh, say, "Hey, you're off you're off track here. You need, need to vote this way." I listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, politicians worry about the next election, and as you get closer to the next election, their uh, acuteness of hearing becomes better. <laughs> and um yes. because they're worried about their position, and uh, I think the the phone calls showing uh-huh. up at town hall meetings, of course, a lot of people are going to the virtual town hall meetings, editorials writing, challenging them on their decisions. I think those all play an important part, uh-huh. um, and then just ask them where they have the authority to do what they're doing um, I see. It, it, it it's a It's a shame the foundation this country has built on that's lasted so long. Um, has provided so much for so many around the world. Yeah, uh, people don't. I don't. We've been. We've become complacent in this country. Yeah, and uh, you know, including myself. You know, um, you've heard me talk about that book, the Seven, uh, the Miracle of Freedom: Seven Tipping Points That Saved the World. In mm-hmm. recorded history, there's been a hundred billion people estimated that have lived on this planet, yet only four point five percent of them have lived in liberty and freedom like we experience, but we're losing those every day. And 80% of those 4.5% are alive today. And what that means is liberty and freedom as we know it today is a very rare uh, blessing.
1: But the tree of liberty needs constant watering. Uh, that's for sure.
0: A <laughs> yep, lot um, of tyrants and patriots from time <laughs> to time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, my next question was, so if you were uh, just kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and tell us um, how things happen in D.C. Uh, that maybe we probably don't ever even think of that maybe would surprise uh, su- surprise us. We, we talk about a lot of just kind of headline stuff. Uh, but are, are there some of the things uh, that go on there? Uh, maybe we don't really even have enough time in the, in the show today uh, to talk well, about yeah.
0: that. I mean, I think the biggest thing that shocked me was the amount of emphasis put on raising funds for the Republican Party.
1: Um, oh, wow. Uh-huh. The
0: dialing for dollars, people going over to the NRCC, which is right across from um, the Capitol Hill Club. And it's right you know w- within two blocks of the three congressional buildings. Of course, the Senate has their own version, and the Democrats do the same thing. How many people go over there to make phone calls to raise money for the Republican Party, and then they lay those checks? Literally, bring them up once a month. They'll have the uh, NRCC or the campaign-related conference meeting, and it's all about raising funds and the races around the country that they're going to support. And then at the end, they do the altar call. All right, who's got who's got a check for the NRCC? And they'll bring mm-hmm. up fifty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, and and it it, it it turns you off because it's like these are growing, these are adults, and they're at like they're at a, a bingo party, you know? Hey, look what I got! Uh-huh. And it's like I don't think their constituents really paid them to go up there. And I up, I, I, ne- I never participated in that the way they wanted me to. Uh huh. So yeah, I, I knew that. That right there is is something that it was a shocker to me, and then the amount of time spent in committee hearings that really have no bearing on anything of what's going on. And then I think the biggest thing is when I asked John Boehner, my first day or week up there, I said, Mr. Speaker, I said, uh, this was after I voted for him. That was my first vote. I voted against him. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, I asked him, I said, what's our long-term vision? He goes, what are you talking about? Y'all? And I says, where do you see the, the Congress going in five to 10 years? He goes, he goes. That's a lifetime in politics. Our long-term vision. Keep in mind, this is January. Yeah. Is September, and I said, "What's September?" He goes, well, "We got to fund the government." Yeah. And so, nine months is their vision. We should be setting a path forward <laughs> for America.
1: <laughs> nine months. Good grief.
0: And, and it just. And you know, other nations know this.
1: Yeah. They see, yeah.
0: America just going all over, and they're like, "We can't count on the Americans anymore," and and we're knowing we're seeing that around the world. Right look, at, right. look at what BRICS is doing in Saudi Arabia. You know, Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, Russia, India, and China. They are forming a new direction for the world, mm-hmm. and people are following. Saudi Arabia wants to join that and other countries. And yeah. then when that happens, the U.S. petrodollar, and it's only there because of what Nixon did uh, with the gold standard, mm-hmm. the petrodollar will go away, and our influence will be evaporated.
1: Well you mentioned Indonesia earlier and I didn't want to forget yeah. uh, you had a story that you want to talk about that did you remember what Yeah you wanted and I've to say? said it
0: before on the radio and just real briefly I had okay. an ambassador over here and we were walking through some farm fields they were interested in beef and dairy cattle. And he goes, you know, he goes when our country came together and we got our independence, our leaders, our founding fathers could have picked any form of government to, to form model after you know, Britain, France, whoever. He goes, but they chose the American system for this reason, because he said they've never been here, but they were very well read on your founders and the principles of that. You know, uh, Adam Smith's... um, um, Oh, shoot, what's his name? Wealth of Nations. Yeah, Wealth of Nations. You know, the free enterprise system, the the rights instilled by government to protect those rights, the God-given rights. And he goes, and that what that meant to me was to him, America is bigger than a presidency. It's bigger than a party. It is those ideals that define this nation that other nations want to emulate. And yeah, that's, it, what really it
1: really is. It really is. And that's
0: what, that's what we, that's what's at stake here. It's not about how much money I raised for the Republican party. It's not what Donald Trump did seven years ago. Cause Amen. America is bigger than Donald Trump. Amen. So I know that you're going to get some hate mail on that and say, how dare you? But, It is. It's the ideals this country was founded on. And that just needs to be driven home to our students, starting in kindergarten, starting in the womb, you know, reading these kind of stories. And uh, the crap that's going on now with transgenderism and, you know, equity. Listen to Kamala Harris.
1: We have to achieve equity. No, (laughs) no, no.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's the Marxist playbook.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get I. A frustrated might be too strong of a term, uh, but uh, boy when we when when I have people kind of start talking to me about you know Donald Trump is the end you know like the end all be all or Ron DeSantis is the end all be all it's such it's just reeks of idolatry and this golden calf mentality that we cannot. Fall victim to because they're not going to be in office forever. Heck no, you know, in, in two years Donald Trump could be in jail for all we know. DeSantis, he's not going to be in Tallahassee forever. So when we start down this road of ceding more authority with the governor, ceding more authority with just because it's our guy in office, that just drives me. That drives me crazy. You know, we talk about uh, Obama and rail on Obama, the Obama administration for executive order this and executive order this, but it was okay all of a sudden when Trump was doing it, and now it's bad again because Biden's doing it. It's just, it, it just can we just be a little bit more consistent? On well, the you know what's interesting is and Peter,
0: Peter Navarro, he was part of the trade negotiations. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, he wanted me to introduce this bill that would give the president more authority Mm -hmm. on trade deals, and he came to me, and he was my best friend, you know, as he's coming in there, and I I, said, no, I can't can't support that, he goes, why not? I says, Peter, I said, I came up here to rein in the presidency, and if I do this, and if I sign on to this, yeah, I'll give him, and it's probably a good move on what he wants to do, but what about the president after that? I said, this goes against my constitutional principles that I ran on and got elected, and I will not support it. He got mad at me. He stood up and he goes, "I hope you can eat on your principles." I said, (laughs) "You know what?" And I sleep on my principles very well.
1: uh, (laughs) Very, yeah, very well.
0: Two times after that, he goes, "I'm, "I'm still mad at you," and I'm like, "I forgive you." (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah 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 well you know uh obviously we use social media for the show uh and we use rumble and and facebook and all the different channels i think the war scott files goes out on to about 30 different platforms but how has in your opinion social media sort of changed uh dc uh you know probably a fair answer is you know both better and and worse uh but do you think that it and it has been one way or the other, maybe uh, at all.
0: You know, it's a mixed
1: bag. I mean,
0: I, I uh-huh. despise it personally. I don't do social media. I okay. had people that did it for me, and but yet it's the way people get their information now, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, and they're very shallow um, because they're looking at sound bites. They hear a sound bite, and all you got to do is look at your representatives and yours, and just see they'll have a sound bite. And say, so, oh, look, look how strong I was on this. Or I held, um, what's the, Mayorkas accountable. No, mm-hmm. you didn't. You mm-hmm. had something that you got a gotcha moment. You put it on there, send me $25. Yeah. And so those are wrong. But if you're out there informing people, and it's continual, and you're letting people know what they're doing, uh, what you're doing, how you voted, why I voted this way, mm-hmm. I think it's a good resource Um uh that's that's kind of one of those things i wish would go away
1: <laughs> yeah yeah but um, well, we get yeah, a lot of the fund, we get a lot of the fundraising stuff through social media sure. uh but it all seems very canned and i was wondering oh, those aren't really necessarily coming from the candidates the candidates what kind of given their blessing to a third party that does a lot of that stuff and they just kind of get a cut on the back end how does the mechanics of all that even work that's it
0: exactly works that way and there's also those people out there That would put my name on stuff. I'm raising money for Ted Yoho. Ted Yoho says this. That money, it was all fraud. It never went to us. And that happens around the country. And uh, I tell people, just don't ever donate to those things. You know, go to the fundraiser that your candidate is. Make your candidate show up. You know, just don't give them money blindly. And, um, you know, we wrote probably 95% of the thank you notes I hand wrote and signed because I'm we had people give us a dollar, and it, you can yeah. tell that all they could afford. And you know, I felt if they could take the time to send me a donation, I could take the time to send a, a card back. But these people nowadays, it's it's an it's a it's a it's a business. I'm going to mm-hmm. fundraise for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to send out these mailers. You yeah. might up them or not. You get the money in, and it will send you fifty percent back of what we raised, if that much. Mm-hmm. So.
1: It's that's well, really we, good. Yeah.
0: We removed ourselves from the interaction. It's all through social media.
1: Uh, well, that's very good of you. Very respectable uh, to be handwriting notes uh, You know, in my world, in my walk uh, with the bird society, I spend a lot of time uh, handwriting thank you notes uh, quite a bit, I think it matters. I even will go to Walgreens or CVS or something. I'll I'll get a bunch of cards. And when I know a birthday is coming up, you know, we've gotten such in this lane of everything's got to be, you know, quick, 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 quick. I think people value when you take the time to actually handwrite signing something, um, it just, it just speaks to them because they know the value of time and you took it and spent it on them. So I think, I think that's great. Um, the uh, yesterday, maybe it was the day before or something, I had uh, looked at Congress.gov, like I kind of knew do periodically uh, to look at some of the bills. And right. there's a suff- there's a suffix on a bunch of these bills that just kind of stands out to me. And I want to, you to tell me if it means what I think it means. It's this little suffix. that says and for other purposes. What is all of that?
0: That's where they hide the constitutional principles that this isn't aligned with the Constitution. And again, was, who writes that? That yeah. is their bureaucracy that writes it the, um, the rules committee, the people that are up there at that will stay there. I know what I was going to tell you that, that stay there year after year. Over 50% of the people serving in the Republican Congress today have never served in a majority. Think about huh. that. Huh. So they're brand new; they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're running around raising money for the NRCC. Over fifty percent of the people serving today in the Republican Congress have never been in the majority, and we had them. We lost the majority before in the House for what four years? Yeah, yeah. So that's is, how rapid that turnover is.
1: Huh. Is it tra- is it tracked? Sort of. I, I guess I'm thinking like term age of. People that are in Congress is the average age, you know, two and a half terms or three and a half terms yeah. or something like that. That's they track they actually track
0: that, that? Right three uh, two and a half, three terms is the average. I think the average member serves um, probably six to eight years.
1: And are they usually uh, leaving through an election process or kind of voluntarily?
0: Election process. so they're getting
1: so they're getting
0: voted out you know i I, jim Bridenstine ran on term limits of six years he mm -hmm. left the nasa i ran Mm -hmm. on eight years as you know and left Mm -hmm. you know um a lot of those people they just think they own that position and uh i remember when i ran against mr stearns and i had no beef with him other than he'd been there too long wasn't getting stuff done and um people said well who gave you the right to run against him? Did, whose permission? I have people say, whose permission did you take it? Oh, wow. My wife and, God and, my wife and God. You know, who else do it? <laughs> wow, wow. And, and people think they own it. Or, or there's those people waiting in line thinking they're right. They've waited long enough. They're at mm-hmm. the state level that, well, how dare you cut in line from me?
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, I it's have- so silly. I have people ask me that uh as a city commissioner and they'll tell yeah. me, yeah, so you you're going for state you're going to the state next, right?" And it it does speak to the to a little bit of the of the the hierarchy. And you know, I can appreciate sort of the institutional knowledge of of having been in a you know, a lower tier, a lower tier office. Uh but you didn't have any experience when you went to Congress. I mean, you never held office anywhere but- else. You know, it's interesting.
0: There's people you and I both know in the political realm in Alachua County and Clay County and other places. They said, well, Ted, you have no political experience. Mr. Stearns has got a lot of years of wisdom and knowledge he's built up. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from the outside, you got to think, you know what? That's true. That's real true. And then I got thinking, but wait a minute. These people with wisdom and knowledge, they've either led us to where we are at or Mm -hmm. they have failed to prevent it.
1: And that's and the just, other side of it. You're And just say, on. are you
0: happy where you're at? Well, then yep. why in the head would you send somebody back? That yep. can't fix a problem. Yeah, You'd be fired in your job and I'd have been fired in mine. And, <laughs> and uh, it's time to oh. fire these people.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what is uh, what's been on your radar, uh, whether it's legislation stuff, whether it's uh, talking to some of these investors? I know the other day I was wa- listening to one of your, sh- I don't know if it was last week or maybe the week before. You're on the way to a, a shrimp farm. Is that the kind of things that's uh, taken up your time these days?
0: Yeah, I went down there just because uh, these people are from Thailand and uh, there's a company called CP Foods. It's the largest shrimp producer in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And they had come to us when I was in Congress because I was the chairman of the Asia Pacific Subcommittee, and they wanted to create a shrimp farm in, in my district. And uh, uh, they had already bought this one in Indian River and yep. uh, they had a grand opening and it's all inland produced shrimp, mm-hmm. recirculated water. They have genetics they've worked on for 40 years and uh, it, it's going to be a remarkable thing. Um, because they're not out in the ocean dragging nets, tearing up stuff, getting all the bycatch, and that mm-hmm. gets killed. And mm-hmm. uh, I think this is where you're going to see agriculture evolve in the future real quickly. And they said that between Miami, Orlando, and Tampa, it is the largest shrimp-consuming region in the nation, and that shrimp has passed, surpassed tuna as the most consumed uh, um, protein. And so wow. And well, that's it's kind,
1: kind of, an, of an interesting kind of an interesting statistic. Really interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. We, tried, we looked at Newberry to bring him out there. In fact, you remember when we were doing that, I think.
1: I was gonna ask you if that's the same one. Yeah.
0: And it was interesting because one of the professors from the University of Florida talked about uh another professor that was kind of in charge of ISIS at the time, how he did not want that to happen. <laughs> we kind of knew that, called him out on that. And yeah. uh, just he he just said that he just didn't think that we should be eating shrimp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we appreciate the, the, the attempt for sure trying to get that over here. Uh, we are, we're about, uh, we're almost about out of time. Uh, let me quickly. Sure yeah. Um, I'm going to quick see if there was anything else that I really wanted to touch on, but feel free to, to kind of freeform it here. If you had anything else that you were,
0: well, you had mentioned about, us, um, foreign ownership in america is there any laws on the book
1: People oh yeah 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 but, there was a north carolina, north yeah. carolina legislature who's filed a bill to protect lands around military bases in north carolina from foreign countries uh purchasing those lands and i was wondering if they do have anything like that uh on a national level and you know we've <laughs> we've written about china uh, at the new American extensively, uh, and this legislation seemed to be kind of pinpointed at them, but uh, here in the last couple of minutes let 's uh, yeah let 's try to touch that a little bit
0: well there is a, there is a committee it 's called CFIUS. it 's a committee on foreign investment in the u s and everything oh. is supposed to go through them. but you wonder how active is it how how good is it if if the Chinese can buy a farm up in North Dakota or South Dakota near a, uh, uh, an active military base. Or how was China allowed to buy Smithfield pork producers, the yeah. largest producer of pork in the United States? So if yeah. the committee's there, how effective is it? It is to, has to be uh, rated, and I would say it needs improvement.
1: Uh, I got you. What did you say the name of that committee was again?
0: It goes by the acronym CIFIUS, and it's C-I-F-I-U-S, and it's the Committee on Foreign Investment. In the United States. The guy Mm -hmm. that strengthened that was out of North Carolina, Robert Pittenger, and the Republican Party ran after him. And he strengthened the bill but lost his election because there were people, actually, I think it was Mark Meadows that went after him. Uh, Uh When Mark was chairman of the Freedom Caucus, they just didn't like each other. And Mark helped him get removed. And it was a shame because that was a good bill that strengthened Mm -hmm. that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, politics.
1: yeah, yeah. I, well, I know Clinton really opened the floodgates uh, for China. Uh, with the, I, the WTO, uh, what's that? With
0: the WTO.
1: Yeah. Okay. With the WTO. And right I, I, I mean, Sorry. I mean, I can't help but think that the Bentonville.
0: <laughs> I can't.
1: I can't help but think that the Bentonville angle with Walmart probably. Uh, had a lot of a lot of seats at that table when those discussions were happening, uh, but yeah. Biden Biden is certainly not much better. I like I said, I held up our magazine, uh, the New American. We've the New we've American, couple... thank you, thank you. Yeah, we've covered the the China angle a lot. Our ex CEO wrote a book about China being the Trojan horse uh, for yeah. the deep state uh, in yeah. America. That's a I mean, it's i I'd a... love to talk
0: to you more about that on the next show if we can because people need to be aware of that walmart is the retail store for china
1: yeah oh yeah yeah i yeah <laughs> i think that's a very good description well thank you uh, very much jackie uh, mark uh, jim yes. everybody else has been helping us here get the comments filled set uh filled out today again ward scott uh, is probably watching the show, so please wish him uh, well in the comments section. Yeah, right. and uh, tomorrow's guest is going to be Mitchell Shaw. He's actually a writer for The New American. He's got a great new article out about artificial intelligence and Chat GPT, which piqued my interest. Oh, wow. We're hoping to get a lot of that coverage uh, tomorrow. So we'll be back here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, in the Melden Law Studios protected by crime prevention security system. Thank you all for joining us here on the Ward Scott Files. Thank you, Congressman Yoho, for joining us today. We'll see you yeah, all tomorrow. Job. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Goodbye.